In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I would fail. Without him, life would be drifting like a ship without a sale. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. And that's what I know, y'all. When I was setting up and getting ready, that song just dropped into my spirit. That's an old hymn we used to sing way back in the day when I was a lot younger. Without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I would fail. Life would be, my life would be drifting. I would be just drifting. And some of you are just drifting and you're being tossed to and fro. I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. But I'm so thankful that that I have direction, that I have a a, a plan, that God has a plan for my life, and that I am uh, walking in that plan for my life. Anyway, hello, people. How are you? How are you? It's good to be back on the air with you again. This is your host, Minister Diane, and Minister Chris Jones is is listening listening in. You want to say hi, Minister Chris? Hello. (laughs) Anything else you want to say? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Glad to be here. How was your week, darling? Uh, very busy. Uh, wonderful Father's Day and a very busy weekend. So I have no problem being quiet right now. <laughs> Amen. Yes, it was. It, it, we did just enjoy a wonderful Father's Day. But since you brought that up, I might as well, you know, give a big hoot and a big holler to 
to the father of all fathers, and that is God the Father. Um, I don't remember telling him Happy Father's Day this weekend. So Happy Father's Day, Abba Father, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> so yes, people, we had a busy week because, as you know, we were preparing for our musical, and I have to tell you, the Lord just blessed us. He just blessed. He just blessed. It was just absolutely splendid. It was, it, it was um, advertised as a gospel musical, a night of splendor, a time to glorify the King of Kings, and it was all of that. It was such a, such a, a peaceful, um, a, such a peace came, came over all of us as, as, the, as the show began. It was like the Lord just stepped in and just solidified everything, like everything just fell into place. And then I tell you what, when his presence shows up at any event, when his presence shows up, that means he's put the stamp of approval on it and his presence was there. And people did rejoice and they did, they were moved, um, moved to tears and we did praise and worship him. So I just thank the Lord for, for allowing us, allowing us to honor him and in that way and accepting our sacrifice of praise. I just had to, had to say that. Um, we are looking forward to doing more of these. So you will keep hearing about it as we keep doing them. And hopefully we'll see some of you one day at at one of them, because the message is still the same. The message of the musical was to glorify the Lord and also to let people know that he is coming back soon, people, and we need to be ready. We need to live a life of readiness uh, before him and not live haphazard and hypocritical and half-heartedly. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be hot or cold, preferably hot, <laughs> so that he doesn't spew us out of his mouth. Amen? Amen. Well, off the top, I guess I should remind you all that we do have some call-in numbers. If you want to call in and say hi to us, the uh, lines are open, and it's 877-864-4869. If anybody wants to say hi. Like if my family, like if my daughter or my, you know, well, anyway, if my, if my daughter is listening and, and she wants to call and say hi, she spent the week with me and I was so, so glad that she was a part of, uh, part of our, our musical. And uh, now my baby's at home back in Arizona. So anyway, let's see, what are we going to talk about tonight? Oh, I've got to tell you what tea I'm drinking in case... You're wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm having the same tea from last week. I'm sipping my pina colada black tea. It's pretty tasty. I decided I wanted to repeat that experience. I've actually had it, had it several times this week. <laughs> so if you don't have your tea, go get it. Maybe some of you might want to even call in and tell me what kind of tea you're drinking one of these days or tonight so we can swap ideas all right so now let's see what are we going to talk about tonight what are we going to talk about well 
I was looking at my outline and I decided I would read one of, well, I don't know if we'll get through the chapter or not, but we're going to talk about some of the highlights of one of the chapters in my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. What book is that, you might say? Well, it's on my host page. It is my second book, and it is, uh, you could say that it is a sequel to my first book, The Story of Me, because it, it came after The Story of Me because it, it is like the follow-up after years of walking through the process of being delivered and overcoming the abuses that happened in my life. The Lord inspired and put on my heart to write what that process was, what it looked like, and to give the biblical perspective on abuse, sexual abuse. Um, sexual abuse is what we talk about a lot on this, on this ministry, on this show. So that's uh, the specific abuse that we're talking about. But abuse comes in many different forms. It's not just sexual. Um, but let me tell you about the book specifically from, from the cover. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rapists, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Hmm. But by choice and through lifestyle preferences, giving themselves over to, to sin, giving themselves over to lust opens the door to, to make wrong choices, to make bad choices and um, choose lifestyles that are not spiritually wholesome or physically wholesome or mentally, mentally or emotionally wholesome and unrighteous. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Good question. Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Another good question. Can a sex offender be healed, delivered from abusing others? Find answers to these questions and many more in these pages. If you don't have your copy, you need to order your copy. I assure you that if you don't need it, you know someone who does. There is someone in your life, there is someone in your path who could probably, could, who could definitely use this information. Get one, have it on hand, so if the topic ever comes up, you've got something to offer them. You may not feel comfortable trying to reach out to them yourself, but you could say, hey, I know a book, and I know someone who's been through what you have been through, and I think that this can help you. So don't just look at it from your own personal perspective, like, well, that never happened to me, because it almost assuredly has happened to someone that you know in your life. Alrighty? Well... I'm going to read, like I said, from, from that book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, and I know that I'm going to barely get started before the break time, but that's okay. Um, he began to accuse her. That's the opening of this chapter. He began to accuse her of having other men. I still find it ironic. My father had a lengthy history of sexually abusing himself, 
and the women in his life, my mother included. It was apparent he had issues. In spite of my mother's loyalty to him, he could not show her love or build her up in any way. All he could do was tear her down. The time she came home from the shelter, all dressed up and looking happy, was the time he humiliated her by forcing her to strip in front of her children. Be back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand. Or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi. Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central on Toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressey. Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central on Togedad.com. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. This is Miss Diane, and I'm reading from the book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. And I stopped off with this sentence. The time she came home from the shelter, all dressed up and looking happy, was the time he humiliated her by forcing her to strip in front of her children. He verbally abused her and forced her into their bedroom. I'm almost certain of what happened next. If hearing that disturbs you, it should. And I want to point out here that when you talk about sexual abuse, 
And when you talk about sin, sin is ugly. Sin is ugly. There's nothing pretty about it. So that's why I don't mince words here in this in this book. That's why I tell it like it is, because uh, that seems to be a, a big weapon that the enemy that Satan uses with people who are victims of sexual abuse is to try to intimidate them into maintaining the silence and to try to minimize the ugliness of it. Try to try to somehow minimize it by, you know, making it seem not quite so bad. But if it wasn't bad or if it wasn't as as foul and putrid as it really is, if, if it didn't stink in God's nostrils, you know, then why would there be such a such a, a need to keep it, keep it silent. Why wouldn't the people who are involved, the, the men or the women, because, you know, as I've gotten older, I found out that women are abusing boys too, and men are abusing boys too. So it, the door does swing both ways. But if it wasn't foul and, you know, a, an abomination, why wouldn't they just go to work and talk about it? Why wouldn't they just, you know, talk about it uh, with their friends and, and, you know, over a cup of tea or a beer? Or why wouldn't it just be something that people just discuss like they do everything else? I mean, pe people, they inherently, inherently, they know. They know that it's sick. They know that it's twisted. It's interesting that where homosexuality is concerned, that um, there is a, a, a dramatic push now to try to um, act as though that is normal and to push that that is normal. You know, the you know, you know, the enemy is really um, desperate and he's really pushing to 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 legitimize that particular um perverse behavior, but sexual abuse is sin and sin is ugly. He verbally abused her and forced her into their bedroom. This is a husband and wife situation we're talking about. My father, my mother, a husband and wife situation. She comes home from the shelter where she ran away to for protection where she ran away to for safety and protection. She decides after being there for a while, she comes home and she's looking good. She's looking like she's peaceful, like she's refreshed, like, uh, you know, they gave her, they gave her clothes. She's looking like she's uh, all right. And that infuriated him. That infuriated him to the point where he humiliated her in front of us as children. He cussed her out stripped her of her clothing and then forced her into the bedroom. Okay, we're talking about some sick stuff here. The very issue that tormented him, I believe, was his own sexual abuse, his own history of sexual abuse and, 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 and the generational curses that I've talked about uh, various times on this show. He was tormented by his own abuse, by the same types of spirits that caused his abuse. But he could he he rejected the Lord. He 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 walked with the Lord 
earlier in his life. That's how I came to know about the Lord. We went to church. They taught us about the Lord. But then he walked away. He walked away from the Lord and he went back to doing his own thing. And so he was tormented by his own past, by his own issues, and God knows whatever else, because I don't know everything that went on in his life. But I know he had a rough childhood. And he became the very thing that he hated. He became an abuser. He was abused and he became an abuser. And his confusion was such that he forced his shame and guilt onto his own family. And that is the cycle that you see. That is the cycle that repeats itself over and over and over. People that are abused tend to abuse. Not all people, not everyone. I'm not making that a blanket statement, but I'm saying that it happens quite often. It happens a lot. There are those who, for, for various reasons, are able to break that cycle. For me, I believe that that was because of my spiritual roots. I believe that was because I was introduced to the Lord at a young age. And, and, and I had such a passion and such a desire that I didn't want to be like either one of my parents. And the grace of God, you know, God had his hand on my life. So he kept me. I, I have to say that I abused myself because I did get into relationships that I shouldn't have gotten into involved in. Um, and that was abuse. That was sexually abusive to give yourself to someone that you don't belong to that, that you're not married to is a form of sexual abuse. It's a form of abusing what God has created sex for. So the Bible makes this statement. I'm going to break this down for you, ladies, those of you that are listening. The Bible makes this statement, and I hope you really get this. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I pray that you hear what I'm saying. Father, I pray that your spirit will penetrate someone's heart as I explain this to them according to your word. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. This is according to the Bible. This is according to the word of God. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Okay. If he loves his wife, he loves himself. It is clear to me, my father did not love himself. It was impossible. He could not have loved himself. For him to abuse and, and stomp the life out of and, and manipulate and control and intimidate and, and torment the life out of my mother. There was no way that he loved her. Maybe at one time in his life he did. Maybe when they were both, quote, in the church, he did. But by this point, there was no way that that can be classified as love. It is not love to abuse someone like that. The Bible says love is patient. Love is kind. Love vaunteth not itself. Love is not puffed up. Love is not easily provoked. Okay? So, Physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse is not an expression of love. I don't care how you slice it. 
He did not love my mother, so he did not love himself. And so why am I saying this to you? Because I'm saying to you, ladies, if a man abuses you physically, sexually, verbally, or mentally, if he abuses you in any way, he does not love you. He may think he loves you. He may tell you that he loves you. He is deceived. According to the word of God, he is deceived. He's deceiving himself and he's deceiving you because of his own deception. And you need to wake up and smell the coffee. That is not love. That is not love. He is not capable of love. Hey, I got ahead of myself in talking about love. Love is also referred to as charity in the Bible. I got ahead of myself and I, and I, and I, I described some of the characteristics of love, but let me touch on a few of them that um, I might have missed. Let me see here. Charity, love, suffereth long. It suffers long. It is kind. Love is kind. It envieth not. You ever, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. You ever see those relationships where the the woman or the man, you know, they envy their partner. Uh, they envy their success, or they envy their talents and their abilities, or they envy the fact that they have friends. Maybe they're an outgoing person, an outgoing personality, and and you're not that way, so you envy them. That's not love. That's selfish. That's selfish. So if you start to feel that way, then you need to, it's, now I have to differentiate here. If you're a Christian and you start to feel that way, then you need to deal with those feelings. You need to get to the root of those feelings and why you're feeling that way and ask the Lord to help you to overcome those things and possibly even discuss it with your husband or wife because you don't need to let that fester and turn it into something that, it, that could, could separate the two of you. Okay, if you're not a Christian, then you need to become a Christian. <laughs> yep, it's as simple as that. If you're not a Christian, it won't matter anyway, because until you accept Christ, you know, there's no, you, there's not a level of good that you can achieve on your own anyway, period, according to the word of God. Okay. So if a man abuses you physically, sexually, verbally, or mentally, if he abuses you in any way, he does not love you. Now, if, you're, if he's a Christian and he errs from time to time, I'm not talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about, you know, he has a bad day and he's short with you and, you know, okay, that's different. That's different because... You know, we all have to bring our flesh under subjection daily and we have to discipline ourselves daily. And so anyone, any one of us can have a bad day or a rough day or something like that. So don't take it too extreme. Don't, don't, don't take it too extreme, ladies. But get my point, okay? Be back. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be 
I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903 617 6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, I'm back, and just before the break, I was talking about uh, the characteristics of love, of charity, versus the characteristics of the flesh and abuse, um, how, if, how if a man abuses you physically, sexually, verbally, or mentally, he does not love you. Okay, some of the some of the characteristics of love. There's more than than what I said. Uh, Let me see here. Love does not behave itself unseemingly unseemly. It doesn't behave itself, you know, ugly. It doesn't it doesn't act up. (laughs) You keep your you keep yourself in check. When you love somebody, you don't say ugly, nasty things for revenge or to cut or to pay back or to hurt the person uh, to get your way. Instead, you 
you do like the Bible says, you, you let your words be few, seasoned with salt and grace. You know, you're slow to speak, slow to wrath, slow to anger. Okay. You tame that tongue. Uh, it doesn't seek her own. Love is not selfish. Seeketh not her own is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil, rejoice, doesn't rejoice in iniquity or doesn't rejoice in sin. I, <laughs> there's some shows on TV that are just, you know, sitcoms, you know, they're just supposed to be comedy and sitcoms, but the relationship between the husbands and the wives is like constant, constant belittling, constant badgering, constant insults in the name of comedy and in the name of, I don't know what else that's supposed to be. Um, I remember there was an old one. Um, oh my goodness. What was the name of that one? I can't remember the name of it, but um, they used to sing love and marriage, love and marriage goes to goes together like a horse and carriage. If you something don't bother, you can't have one without with children. There you go. Thank you, baby. I knew you would help me out. <laughs> that one was absolutely a horrible, horrible portrayal of marriage. There's a more current one. Um, King of Queens. Is that the? Is that it, dear? King of Queens. I don't know. You have to talk about it. Well. Um, the guy who he drives a delivery truck or a mail truck or something and his wife has kind of the Brooklyn accent and her father is like King of Queens. King of Queens. Okay. A lot of comedy in there. Yeah. There's a lot of funny stuff in there. But when you look at the belittling, you listen to the belittling and the, and the putting down and the, and the way the friends even go at it with each other, that's not it's really not cool. <laughs> that's not really what a marriage is supposed to be like. I mean, that's the world's version of marriage. But according to the scripture, a man loves his self if he loves his wife and if he cherishes her and if he gives himself for her like Christ gave himself for the church, like Christ loves the church, like he loves those that are his. Okay, so we as Christians are not supposed to pattern after that, those type of relationships. Um, and fellas, if, if, there, if there are any fellas listening, don't think I'm just, you know, beating up the fellas. But I'm just talking from a scriptural perspective right now regarding the man's role of loving and cherishing but I'm also breaking down what love actually looks like. And that applies to everybody that applies to the wife and the husband. Okay. That, that goes both ways. What else is on here? Hey, by the way, baby, you, did I, did I, did anything strike a chord with you? I want to give you the opportunity if it did. Oh no, just listening. Okay. Just listening. All right. So let's see, but love does rejoice in the truth. Check that out, ladies. You know, when you ask your husband, um, how do I look in this? Does this look okay? Um, 
and he tells you, no, it doesn't really look okay. And instead of saying, thank you for letting me know, you know, you get an attitude and you put him on restriction and then you refuse to cook for him or you refuse to um, give him a kiss or you refuse to speak to him when you're leaving to go to work. Come on. Come on. Let's stop all this childish, petty stuff. Love rejoices in the truth. My husband, <laughs> some of you might find this. My daughter says, oh, mom, that's nasty. But my, my husband cleans my nose all the time. <laughs> when my nose is not, you know, I've, I don't think about it like I should. But if I'm in public or something, and he'll say, baby, right nostril. <laughs> or, or he'll just pick it for me and, and take care of it for me. I don't get offended. I don't get offended. You know, if I'm having an off day and the hair doesn't look good or whatever, you know, he's like, dear, go look in the mirror. You got to do something about that. Uh, your hair is standing up here. With I don't get offended. I don't get offended because I know my husband loves me and he looks out for me. And we do that for each other. Actually, we do that for each other. But that was one of the things that, that I, I found to be um, very special about him is that he was very nurturing. And I never had that in my life. I didn't, I didn't have that before he came along. So ladies, don't be so sensitive. You know, if you trust your husband's judgment, you know, and, and he's good to you, then don't be so sensitive and get offended by, by foolish little things like that. Um, love, rejoice rejoices in the truth, not just that kind of truth, but the truth of God's word, the truth of what is right and what is wrong. Love wants to hear the truth. Love wants to know the truth. Love wants to walk in the truth, even where your relationship is concerned. If you touch bases with each other from time to time and say, baby, how are things going? How am I, how am I, am I, am I pleasing you as a wife? Am I meeting your needs as a wife? And if he tells you, well, actually, I am concerned about this or I am concerned about that, don't get offended. How are you going to fix the problem if you can't talk about it? That's true intimacy. That's intimacy, to be able to open up and to be vulnerable and to share your thoughts and your needs your desires, your wants, your disappointments, your highs, your lows, that's intimacy. That's true intimacy. All righty, what else does love do? It bears all things, believes all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. You know, relationships take time to, to mesh. It takes time for people to mesh and to, and to become one. Uh, some people longer than others because you got all these obstacles in the way. You know, it really depends on how much you're willing to give of yourself and how much you're willing to um, be selfless instead of selfish. If you're both giving, if you're both giving 100%, then nobody loses. Nobody lacks. So instead of worrying about only giving, I'm not going to give all of myself. I'm not, I'm afraid to lose myself and yada, yada, yada. That's flesh. That's flesh. The scripture says that you are no longer twain, but one flesh. 
That's God's plan. God's plan is that you're supposed to mesh. You're supposed to merge. You're supposed to become one. What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. That's what marriage is to God. That's what marriage is to God. Okay. Now, well, let's see. Love, charity never faileth. It will never fail. It will never fail. I used to feel like, uh, you know, because my first marriage ended the way it did um, horribly and because it was a horrible divorce, I felt that I failed at my first marriage. And years later, years down the, the road, the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, I would like to change your perspective concerning your marriage. And I said, okay, Lord. And he said, um, you didn't fail. You didn't fail at your marriage. He said, you, I put you, I, you were in a situation to be a light. You were in a situation to show love. You were in a situation, you were in, this was an opportunity for you to show my love to that individual. And they failed to receive it. Your ex-husband failed to receive it. He failed to accept it. He, he mistreated it. He abused it. He failed to receive it. It was God trying to extend himself and show love to someone who needed it, who needed it. So he said, let me change your perspective on that. So love doesn't fail whenever you have loved a person and you've given all that you could to, to show that to that person and to be there for that person and they reject it. Don't take that blame on yourself. Don't let the enemy tell you that you aren't worthy of love or that you failed or that you don't let him, you know, carry, hold that over your head because it's a lie. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. There will come a time when prophecy will not be needed. Speaking in tongues will not be needed. Different languages will not be needed. Uh, they will all come. They will all cease because when Christ comes, there will be no need for those things when he returns. It's that break time again. Be back. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com. 
or any of the major bookstores. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away, but love will never fail because God loved us he sent his son that whosoever believes on him would not perish but will have everlasting life and because Jesus loved his father he was willing to be sent he was willing to come so love is the key love is the motivator love is the the common denominator uh between God, the Father, God, Jesus Christ, the Son. It's supposed to be the common denominator between us and Christ, us and them. We're supposed to love him in return. And love is just going to be forever and, and forever because the scriptures say God is love. God is love. He is love. Uh, some people think that love Strictly means mushy, mushy, wonderful, gooey, emotional, all pleasant things. And it doesn't. It doesn't. So if you got confused there when I said God is love, don't be confused. God is love. But love consists of discipline as well as blessing. Love consists of favor as well as chastening. It consists of both. Love is balanced. It is balanced, okay? If you love someone, you don't let them harm themselves. I mean, the world 
man, I've heard some crazy things throughout the years. But the world says, you know, even even regarding little kids, even regarding kids who are not old enough and don't have the mental capacity or the emotional or the 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 wisdom or experience to make the make decision. The world says, oh, you know, it's their choice. It's their it's their decision at eight. It's their choice. It's I, I, I'm not going to deprive them of this. I'm not going to. That's not love. That's not love. Because at that age, you're supposed to train them. You're supposed to instill in them character and integrity. And you're supposed to teach them how to behave and how to love and how to share. And you're supposed to train them. You're supposed to teach them. If you love them, if you love them, the Bible says you will train them. If you love them, you will train them and you will teach them and you will do your job as a parent if you love them. If you don't, if you're one of those kinds of people that just let your kids run buck wild and do whatever they want to do when they don't even have the the capacity or the ability to know the difference yet, then you don't love them. You don't love them because the Bible says you don't. Bible says if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. You spoil the child. All right. So anyway, what I'm talking about regarding love, that comes directly from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. So those are not my words. That's not my opinion. That's the word of God. That's the Bible. That's the map. That's the guideline that he gave us and that he left for us to follow. Okay. So back to talking about my, my story. Um, I, let's say, um, let's just say, or let me speculate and say, or give the benefit of the doubt and say that my mother, maybe let's say she, she um, got weak and that she cheated I have no evidence of that. There was nothing ever to 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 um, support that. And I'm not saying she cheated. I'm just speculating. I'm just giving you a scenario here. Let's just say that she got weak and she cheated because of how my father treated her. You know, because he was abusive and because of his alcoholism and because he had sexually abused me and she found out about it and all that kind of stuff. Um, why wouldn't, this is a question, why wouldn't my father feel guilt and shame for driving her into the bed of another man, knowing he had cheated multiple times already. That's a question that I, that I kind of put out there rhetorically. (laughs) Why wouldn't that, doesn't it seem like that would be the natural response that, okay, if you know, you've been a dog, you know, you've been doing your thing, messing around, womanizing, you know, doing your thing, beating the mess out of this person, beating the crap out of them, whatever. And then you find out that they don't want to be with you anymore or that they are, you know, messing around with someone else. Doesn't it seem like you would be like, oh, my goodness, I I messed up. I messed up. You know, I'm about to lose my. Doesn't it seem like that? Knowing, especially if you know that you've been that way. Well, I find it very interesting that in my parents' life, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. 
my dad still, for some reason, matter of fact, when she came home from the shelter, that's what my father was accusing her of because she looked good, because she looked refreshed and she looked happy. It infuriated him. And he was telling her that she was out cheating. She's in a shelter. And he's telling her, oh, you're out cheating. You're out cheating. You're with somebody else. And so he, you know, proceeds to abuse her more. And in my first marriage, I experienced something very similar. My first husband, first husband, this is not Mr. Chris, y'all. Make sure you understand that. He cheated on me. He decided after a year of marriage that he didn't love me anymore. And he... Um, requested slash demanded that I leave. You know, he, he put me out, wanted me to leave our home. And uh, when I finally accepted that he was serious, I, I did that. I, I left, I moved out. Um, while we were separated, I cheated. You know, we were separated for a good period of time and I called myself moving on with my own life, you know. Uh, and I say that it was cheating because we were still legally married. And so it was still cheating. We were legally married. After we did um, reunite, I felt guilty because of my upbringing and because I knew right from wrong. I felt guilty about what I had done, even though he had cheated on me, even though we were in two different cities. You know, those are the kinds of excuses that you can come up and that you can try to tell yourself. Um, I felt guilty, though, because I knew right from wrong, and I, I, I grew up knowing the word and hearing the word. So I felt guilty about what I had done. So I confessed to him. After we got back together, I confessed to him. I told him what I had done. Do you know, he was a lot like my father. <laughs> he could not forgive me. He could not forgive me. From that point on, here we were supposed to be trying to work things out. I mean, that was the reason that we reconciled because I, 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 I came to my senses and I said, okay, look, Diane, this is not right. You either need to reconcile with your husband or you need to go ahead and get a divorce. You can't do both. You can't, you can't, you don't need to be in the mix here. You need to do both one or the other. You can't move on if you're still attached and you can't, uh, fix it if you're separated. So, that was why we reconciled. But, oh, from that point on, he threw my sin in my face every chance he got. He had no forgiveness, no understanding, accepted no blame for it. He was just cruel. And it appeared to me that he thought my actions were somehow worse than his. They were all, it was all sin, but he didn't care about his part. I, w I was no good. How could I do that to him? <laughs> that's, how my, that's how my dad acted. So I couldn't, understand I couldn't understand that. I could not understand that point of view. That just, you know, tripped me out. Back, back <laughs> that blew my mind. Now, though, now I realize there was more to it than I understood at the time. I believe now that what I did, my sin, my, my response basically reminded him of the pain that he already lived with, you know, even though he had done it, even though 
he whatever drove him to do it you know i i say sin is tormenting sin is not all fun and games like the world tries to portray it the world just don't tell you the the dark side they try to smooth that over but i believe that my sin reminded him of his own pain okay his pain reminded him of the abuse that was committed against him when he was a boy because he also suffered abuse as a boy and he wasn't willing to deal with it. He was also sexually abused. So it's like when, when a person who's been abused is hurt again, you know, it triggers old feelings of pain. And so it's this, it's this weird phenomena. So he really despised himself but he acted out his feelings on me. You know, he was really tormented and having struggling with his own issues, but he, but by cheating on me, he was kind of acting out his feelings against me. I know it's twisted and I know it's crazy, but that's what sin does. That's what sexual sin does. It perverts the mind. It twists, it twists the mind, it twists the emotions. It perverts the mind, the soul, and the spirit. That's what sin does. The longer you stay in it, the longer it rules and reigns over you. It perverts your thinking. It perverts your appetite, your sexual appetite. It perverts your uh, desires. Unless you are cleansed of it, unless you are freed from it, the one that is bound by it can not love. There's no room for love in their life. The relationships they form are probably based on lust, not love, and convenience. I had to accept the truth. You have to accept the truth. People in this condition are not capable of love. Think about that and see you next